When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, welcome to the review or the study guide for your unit one test. Uh, it will be on Thursday the 4th. Um, you'll have all class period to take it. Um, the study guide is uh, what we're going to do here. And it is extra credit, so if you want to have it out and ready to go, uh, you could fill it out as we go. So, you know, pause as you need to answer or whatever. You have the Google slide that you can type it into, or uh, I'm going to create it a... Uh, Word doc, a Google Doc for you, uh, if you would prefer that. So, uh, anyways, um, <clears throat> this is the review. All right, and let's get rolling. So, the first one says the U.S. Constitution establishes a federal system of government. How is a federal system of government described? Uh, pretty simple. Okay, we've talked about that a few times now. You've been some court cases on this. Uh, that is where power is divided between a national and state government. So, we we talked about all the different governments that can have power over us, uh, but at the end of the day. If you can understand, it is where the state and national government share power over us. You're in good shape. France, the UK, United Kingdom, and Spain are three examples of what type of unitary states? Okay. Uh, and that is a country governed constitutionally as one single entity with one constitutionally created legislature. So a lot of words there. So the country... Uh, is has a constitution um, and has and is governed just as a single thing uh, along with that one constitutionally created legislature. What is a power of the legislative branch? Um, and so we're talking specifically stated in Article 1, Section 8. That is going to be that they can declare war. There's other things, but if you can remember declare war, you're okay. Enumerated or expressed powers is defined as what? Uh, those are powers that Congress has given and it's stated specifically in the Constitution. So expressed, you can go to the Constitution and you can see and read what it says. And it says specifically what they can do. For example, it says they can declare war. In order for an amendment to be added to the Constitution, what must happen to the proposed amendment? Now, you did a flip grade on this. All right. So uh, for my class, you did a flip grid and you explained the process. And so remember, it can be a two thirds vote of Congress after the amendment has been proposed uh, or two thirds vote of a national convention after it's been proposed. Once Congress approves it, it then goes to the states and the state legislatures have to approve it. And it needs three fourths of them. I don't ask you to know numbers very often, but you do have to remember the two-thirds at the national level and three-fourths at the state level. Which European philosopher proposed that dividing the government into three branches would prevent any one person or group from gaining total control? That is Montesquieu, Baron de Montesquieu. He believed in um, what you call it, the separation of powers, didn't want to have one person or branch having too many powers. A government principle by which the legislative, judicial, and executive powers are essentially held by different groups and people is called what? 
That is the separation of powers. So we just talked about that Montesquieu. He's the one that believed that. Uh, don't get it confused with checks and balances. So put it in your little brain. Separation of powers is different from checks and balances, which is next. Checks and balances. When Congress exercises its power to declare war, this is considered to be an example of checks and balances. Okay, that is false. So uh, that is not checking in on anybody. That's just the separation of power. We don't want you know, any one person to be able to declare war and then control the military and do what they want to. So we have, instead, Congress can declare war, but the president is the commander-in-chief of the military. All right. Uh, a better example of a check and balance, though, would be you know, a veto, where the president vetoes a, a law that Congress sends to him, or where the president is impeached. So stuff like that would be a check and balance. So uh, declaring war is not a check and balance. Which person is considered to be the leader of the national executive branch? That is the president. What is an example of an implied power of Congress? That is the establishment of a minimum wage. So implied powers, remember, these are powers that Congress reads into the Constitution. It doesn't specifically say that they can establish a minimum wage. Nowhere in the Constitution doesn't mention a minimum wage. But they have interpreted the Constitution and their commerce powers to be able to establish a minimum wage. What does Article 5 of the Constitution explain as it relates to amendments? That is the process for adding amendments. Okay, so that's where you should have got your, when you did the Flipgrid thing, that's where you should have got the information from, what's from Article 5. It's going to be, how can we adapt, how can we make changes to this document for later on? The documents, and you got a couple, Magna Carta, Petition of Rights, and English Bill of Rights, have had a lasting impact on American democracy by providing a foundation for what document? That is our Constitution. You know, uh, all those things contributed to our Constitution. What is the fundamental source of authority of the United States government? That is the Constitution. So back-to-back -back answers uh, as the Constitution. Okay, that is the supreme law of our land. There are still court cases today that deal with stuff. Is it constitutional? What was the main effect of the supremacy clause of the U.S. Constitution? So the supremacy clause is in the Constitution, and it just states that the Constitution is the supreme law. There is no, well, the states want to do this. Well, what's the Constitution saying? What is the national government saying? That is the, the that's the, that's the end-all, be-all. Okay. Uh, the ancient Greek city-state of Sparta was run as an oligarchy. So you don't really need to know about Sparta. You just need to know what an oligarchy is, which we talked about a long time ago. How would you describe an oligarchy? Okay. And that's where a small group of citizens control things. So a small group of people, small group of citizens are going to run the show. Thomas Hobbes, John Locke, Baron de Montesquieu, and Jean Jacques Rousseau all had what in common? Well, they were those enlightened thinkers that influenced the American government. Okay, So these guys, they lived a long time before the American government was created, but they wrote things, their ideas were read by the framers, the founding fathers, and they're going to contribute to the Constitution. Describe concurrent powers. Those are powers that the national government and the state governments hold. So, for example, they can both tax us, unfortunately. So that's a concurrent power. What is a power of the judicial branch? Uh, they get to declare laws and constitution. 
So they get to declare uh, laws unconstitutional. That is a check and balance today. Why can the U.S. government be described as a republic or be called a representative democracy? Because me and you, people, elect members of Congress to make laws. So you know, we don't directly make laws. You know, I have nothing to do with the laws being made, uh, but we elect people to go and make laws for us. Which European philosopher believed that the purpose of government is to protect natural rights? And this is a key thing. Uh, that is John Locke. Okay, so John Locke is going to have believed in the natural rights. And the reason he wrote about it was because he did believe and feel that the main reason a government existed was to protect those natural rights of the citizens. Uh, checks and balances, separation of powers, rights of the accused are characteristics of which type of government that is the limited government. Okay, uh, we don't want a government that's big and too strong and too powerful. So we have checks and balances to make sure that other branches can watch each other. We have the separation of powers to make sure that no one branch is too powerful. And then the rights of the accused, we want to be able to criticize our government. And sometimes when a government gets too big, they crush the rights of, of people. And so if we didn't have any rights as an accused person, if we said, hey, I don't like the government, they could potentially come to our house, take us, and we might never be seen again. But instead, we have the right to know what we're in charge with. We have the right to a jury. We have the right to a trial and all these things that come with being, being accused of something. After the Revolutionary War, describe the national government under the Articles of Confederation. Okay, uh, hopefully you understand that the government was really weak. There was no real power uh, behind the Articles of Confederation. Uh, so it was a super weak government. And uh, we had all kinds of problems going on, economic stuff because they couldn't tax. Uh, political problems because there was no leadership, military problems because there was no military. Who was considered to be the supreme law of the land? That is the Constitution. We've already said that. Uh, who wrote the essays of the Federalists, okay, the Federalist Papers, excuse me, and that is uh, James Madison, John Jay, and Alexander Hamilton. Now, if you've seen the play Hamilton, which is pretty good, if you haven't seen it, go check it out. Uh, it's, it's not a stuffy historical thing. It's pretty good. It's on Disney Plus, I think, still. Uh, Hamilton wrote most of them. Okay, but you got to know Madison, Jay, and Hamilton. What summarizes the objections of the Anti-Federalists? <clears throat> they were afraid that the new government, the Constitution, would have too much power, and the people, the states, would not have enough power. Okay, so there is a fear that the new government would be too big, too powerful, and the people in the states will not have enough power. Why were the Federalist Papers written? Well, to support the Constitution. You know, we oftentimes in history and in our course, we just talk about, hey, the Constitution was written and boom, it was created. But it took a while to get people on board and to, for the states to sign off on this thing. So there was a lot of arguing, a lot of give and take going on with this Constitution and this document. How does a system of checks and balances protect against the use of power? Well, it gives each branch a power over the other branch. So the Supreme Court, we said, can declare itself unconstitutional. That gives them power over the other branches. If the legislative branch and the executive branch pass something that is unfair, unconstitutional, the Supreme Court and the courts can get rid of it. A good example of this was flag burning. Uh, they overturned a state law about burning flags. So the federal government got together, Congress and the president said, that's a, we got to, we got to get rid of this. We got to say that you can't burn flags. So they created a federal law 
that said you can't burn the flag. Well, it got to the Supreme Court and they said, no, that's unconstitutional as well. What's the main difference between a parliamentary democracy and a presidential democracy? Presidential democracy allows the population uh, to choose the executive. Okay, so the big difference, presidential democracy allows population, me and you, to choose the executive. So to choose the president uh, versus parliamentary, where it's going to come from the parliament group and it's going to be the parliament people that pick the, the, the leadership. It's not going to be the people. What is the difference between an authoritarian government and a democratic government? Uh, a democratic government has limited power. Okay, so a democratic government has limited power. What did Article One of the Constitution create? Uh, it created our Congress. It created the House of Representatives and the Senate. And so all the rules and regulations that are laid out before them is there. Uh, historians often praise Thomas Jefferson for incorporating the Enlightenment into the Declaration of Independence. Why? Uh, well, because it's pretty simple. He, he used Locke in his ideas, the natural rights. That's in there. He used Montesquieu, the separation of powers. That's in there. So uh, you can read through the document and you can see the influence of Locke and Montesquieu in there. Uh, so, quote, uh, what does law should govern? from Aristotle refer to. And that's pretty simple. That's just the rule of law. Okay, so the rule of law is what the law should govern means. There, there, there sh you should, you know, you have school rules here. We shouldn't go outside those rules uh, when making a judgment on if you've broken one. So, you know, you're not supposed to wear hats to school. Well, it's either you wore a hat or you didn't. And there's no in between there, okay? Uh, historically, New England's town meetings and other colonial self-governments were good examples of what type of government that is direct democracy, where people are, are being actively involved. Why was the unicameral legislative branch created by the Articles changed to a bicameral branch in the U.S. Constitution? Uh, two reasons. First off, it was a compromise, remember, between the big states and the little states. So the great compromise, you had the House based on population and you have the Senate based on equality. Uh, and then once they started to think about it, the reason they were able to compromise is because that's a great idea. It's going to further separate the power of the government. We're not going to just have one Congress with all this power. We're going to have two. We're going to have the House and the Senate, and they can watch over each other. And we see that today where they have to pass the same exact laws. We'll see in the next unit. The Bill of Rights was added to the Constitution to meet the demands of which of the following groups? The answer is the Anti-Federalists. The Great Compromise and the Three-Fifths Compromise both dealt with what topic? And that is representation in Congress. Remember, the Great Compromise we just said was between the big states and the little states. The big states wanted it based on population. Little states wanted it on equality. And then the Three-Fifths Compromise was about the, the slave population and how it was going to be counted. Why did the delegates who created the United States Constitution devise a government that was divided into three separate branches? They wanted to have that separation of power. They did not want one person to have too much power. Remember, we were scared to death of having a king um, come back and take over us. So we wanted to work extra hard to create a system where there, that didn't happen. Uh, what type of government is the European Union? That is a confederation. Remember, confederation is where you have the states, or in this case, the countries, uh, telling the governing body what they're going to do. And then finally, how do you explain American democracy uh, power? of the government comes from its citizens. All right, guys. So there is the study guide that you got in class. Uh, be sure you get all the answers written down because once again, if you do that and submit it to me, it is extra credit on your test. 
Uh, it won't be a, a lot. I'm not going to give you like 20 points for it, but I will give you some bonus points. All right, guys, I hope everything's well, staying warm, and I'll see you in class. Bye-bye.